0: Hello and welcome to the Passion On Purpose Leaders on Center Stage Podcast. I am Steph and I'm the owner and creative director of VIM. VIM's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I'm so excited for our guest today. Um, When I first saw her application come through, I always check out the website and I immediately knew that she was going to be a phenomenal guest. Um, The passion, the purpose, the intention behind her business is so humanitarian, so giving. It's just you guys, you're in for a treat. So I'm really excited to talk with Kathy. She is the owner of Life Lifts by Life Essentials. Um, Kathy, how are you?
1: I'm doing great today.
0: Good, good. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the show. And as we always do, we're going to dive in deep immediately. Are you ready? Sure. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. What is your why?
1: What is my why? Well, I started, actually, this company has been around for about 48 years, but not really a company until about 2002, and it was kind of a hobby for a gentleman before that who is also a disabled farmer, and I started working for him, and we went out and put a lift on a gentleman's tractor who had been paralyzed by a farm accident, and it just changes your life immediately because you see the effect that this has on a not only the gentleman, but the whole family uh, mm-hmm. being able to get back to a normal life. Because once they have an accident, it, their whole life changes. Not only the gentleman or the lady who was injured, but also the whole family, their life changes too. And I think that's what kind of kept me into this. And then eventually the gentleman who actually started it, he retired. I bought the company because I could not see it going away because it just it just warms your heart. Everybody yeah. in this company that works here, who has seen an installation and what it can do They're they're just overwhelmed by the, you know, the changes they have made in someone's life. I love that. And so how, okay,
0: so I, I like, I have two questions in mind. One, I know that you, you kind of gra- gradually worked into the ownership role of LifeLifts, but even prior to, you know, starting with the company years ago, Where in your childhood or younger life do you, did you ever have any sort of like moment where you felt like this type of passion existed? And maybe it looked nothing like life lifts, but Mm -hmm. where you were giving to other people in some way, because this is such a gift to people.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I've always been kind of a giver person. Uh, I raised, I was raised on a farm and I know what it is for a family to have a farm not want to lose that farm but have the passion to keep farming and keep it in the family and after 68 years my family farm is still in our family so you know that's one thing i'm proud of and the fact that i know that that community the family community on a farm is just something that does not go away
0: yeah I think there's this, um, we're going to dive into this a little deeper, but I've got to imagine there's some alignment with some of the core values for life lifts. But I, I think, so I fortunately am staring at a pig pen outside my window. I'm in a, I'm in a country town while I'm near Seattle. I am not in Seattle, but I love the resilience, the dedication, the, um, fortitude that this community that I live in and those who, have 68, 70, 100 plus a year farms in the family, how much has that played into the, the core values for life lifts today?
1: It, tremendously. I mean, when you see, well, in a, just a, a case, a gentleman was injured. He had a family farm that had been in the family for probably 200 years. And mm-hmm. he's devastated to the fact that he thinks he has to sell the farm to be able to just live again because he yeah. feels he can't get into the tractors. He can't get into the combines. Um, and just that feeling of all of a sudden, their life goes back to almost being normal again. And the tears and everything else that you see and, and feel and you hear in their voices. And you know a lot of these farmers, they're stubborn people. I mean, they don't <laughs> wanna ask for help. They're just so stubborn. And you know, I tell them, you know, you've got to keep this going. In family members, I said, you know, you got to keep them going because you take a farmer out of this field and put him in a nursing home or put him in some place, he's just going to wither away and die. You know, they live to be in their combines, to be in their tractors. You know, Mm -hmm. especially the combines, they like to see that money coming into their pockets from when they're picking their corn or their beans or whatever crop they have. But um, just be able to do that, I. We had a gentleman who was 95 years old and just bought a new combine and he wanted to get into it. So, for his birthday, he bought himself one of our lifts and we put him into his combine. Uh, He probably lived another four or five years, but he was in his combine, you know, until I think maybe a few months before he passed away. But that was what he loved, you know, and and to farm, you have to love it. You have to love what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I think so. uh, Prior to running Vim, I worked in the senior healthcare industry. And so I am like, things are hitting home for me because the moment you take the passion and the purpose away from someone, you know, or strip, when that is stripped, right? The moment that happens is the decline happens so rapidly thereafter. Like it's so true. And so for this story to have such a beautiful way of continuing, like being able to use the product to still stay in, in what gives you purpose, fulfillment, and passion, like you're extending life with these lifts.
1: Yeah. And it makes them feel good that they're actually still the breadwinner of the family and Mm -hmm. contributing to that family, you know, where a lot of them, you know, all of a sudden they're the anchor of the family that basically is pulling everybody down to the bottom instead of being the one that keeps everybody up and going. But it's just, just the way the families are and the way that, you know, it's not even just the wife, the kids, it's, you know, their brothers, their sisters who all over and part of this farm. Um, just being able to keep those things going and and in that alive into the family, it just, it's just tremendous.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: So tell me more about these lifts, right? So I've had the pleasure, listeners have not, I've had the pleasure to see on the site, which Of course, we'll have your link in the show notes. So Mm -hmm. listeners can go and check that out. But tell us more about who, who, like, how did these lifts come to be? And I know that you guys have been around for a while. So, um, who are they really serving and what are we talking about when we say lifts?
1: Well, a lift basically our list, we, um, either take a look if they're paralyzed from the waist down, they can't walk. We have Mm -hmm. a lift, we fasten to the side of a tractor or a combine it has a seat that's on a, like a robotic arm that comes down They can call it, it's a re- uh, wireless remote system. And they can bring it down right next to their wheelchair and transfer onto that seat. And then they can transfer themselves up into the combine cab or the tractor cab and transfer into the, the uh, driver's seat of that equipment. And then we do, if it's a tractor, sometimes we do hand controls because they have foot levers and stuff and we'll put hand controls so they can operate everything by themselves and then our other lift that was probably the most popular one we have is our truck lift and it mounts on the back of a pickup truck that has a flatbed on it and we can either provide a flatbed or if they already have one we can use that but that lift will come around and get them out of the driver's seat of the truck and take them up and it'll go up 12 feet in the air and 14 feet out from the side of the driver's side and i'll put them into a combine and a tractor or whatever else Plus they can actually work on their combines with them because they can take that seat wherever they want to. They can clean up mom's gutters or her windows and trim yeah. trees about everything, buddy doing things like, you know, so it's more, more of a multi-purpose type lift that gets them yeah. into places. Um, actually one of them guy, he uses it for a hunting stand. He puts oh. some uh, camouflage around him and he takes the lift up and that's his hunting stand. So, or gets into a hunting stand sometimes with them too. But, uh, you know, more multi-purpose than what the ones we just fasten to the tractors and the combines are. And if it's somebody that can still walk, we just put, I would call it an elevator on the side of a combine or a tractor. They stand on it, they push a button, it takes them up to the platform level of the equipment they wanting you to get in. And then they can walk in equipment. But a lot of things people don't understand, the biggest disability in farming right now is is um arthritis and they don't realize that arthritis is a disability but you know you have arthritis in your hands you can't grab the handles to pull yourself up the ladders you know if you have it in your knees or you've had knee replacement hip replacements you know that's not a reason to stop doing the things you love to do you know and we do it's not only farm equipment we get people onto horseback so they can do the riding things we have lifts at therapeutic riding because Riding is just great therapy for a person's body. You know, people don't realize all the muscles that you use and actually massage by the muscles of the horse to oh, wow. get your body going, your circulation going. And just, you know, a lot of it's just the mental part of it too, that here I am doing something that doesn't involve being in a wheelchair. So getting people on horseback is important. And then uh, the other thing uh, that we like to do, which basically we just like to keep people doing the things they love to do, and it's getting people in and out of their motorhomes and travel trailers and campers or whatever else that they love to do and travel you know there's no reason to stop traveling if you can't climb in and out you know we can put a lift on there and it'll get you some sometimes we've gotten it to where it puts the dog into the camper because (laughs) they can't lift their dog up anymore and the dog can't go up the stairs but yeah uh, but just keeping people doing the things they love to do and let them know that there's really no reason you know if we could figure it out you know let us try to figure it out
0: for him. I'm having a hard time not getting emotional. And I know we shared this off air, but you know, I have very close friends who, uh, one of which is a paraplegic. And so another reason why I was so touched by what the the fact that we got to talk today, but I'm also getting emotional because you brought up so many things that I hadn't thought of. Like I, I went and looked and got excited about our interview today. And I never thought about things as simple. And I'm, I'm putting my, my brain to my friend And I've never thought about him not being able to clean the gutters, him struggling to put his dog into the truck, Uh, getting into like all of these things. You're blowing my mind. So my question is the evolution of life lifts. Now, these these thoughts about how this lift is impacting in different ways. Was that an evolution that your team really like continued to evolve or did it come a lot from just simply clients saying, guess what I did with my lift?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both, actually. You know, like I said, they made the first lift back in 48-some years, ago, almost 50 years ago, and it was a project through Purdue University's engineering, ag and engineering, that they wanted to have a farmer out in Connecticut who was paralyzed, and he wanted to continue farming. So the owner, uh, the founder of this company actually teamed up with them, and they came up with a lift for this gentleman, and that was about the first one they ever did, and I think that was back in eighty, early 80s, something like that
0: yeah i think and then, i read 80 88 i think it was on yeah. your site somewhere
1: yeah and the founder who is still my partner um, even though he's retired um he is disabled and he okay. farmed and he had to play one of his fives and he walked on crutches for years he couldn't get up into the tractor so he actually owned a machine shop and in the machine shop they actually made him a lift to get into his combine mm-hmm. well produce all that and decide, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, that's what a lot of people need. And about, uh, let's see, 30 years ago, they did, the um, Purdue University came up with a breaking new ground program, which was a um, way of helping farmers have a place to go to find out, hey, what can I do to be able to continue doing this? Because my body won't let me do it anymore. And now it has become AgrAbility. And Mm AgrAbility has a chapter in 20, I think it's 21 states in the United States. Uh, one of them in Alaska, actually, which was kind of a new one that they just put in. You don't think of Alaska having farms, but uh, they do, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of a resource for people with disabilities, and including arthritis. You know, whatever that makes it their job a little bit harder or creates barriers in their in their uh, on their farm that they can't easily and safely get around. Um, but then it's a free resource for farmers to. Get a hold of them. Check out their website, and they have all kinds of ideas on how to modify little hand tools and stuff to make them easier to use, uh, more ergonomic, so they don't hurt your hand so much when you're doing things if you have arthritis and such. Um, but Agribility is just a fantastic organization that anybody can call from any state. If even if you don't have a chapter in your state, you can still call the national project, which is at Purdue University here in West Lafayette, Indiana. But um, just a great resource for people.
0: I love that. Yeah, AgrAbility, what a great uh, blend of worlds and and things that we take for granted until we don't.
1: Right. Um,
0: Gosh, that's amazing. So tell me more about um, your, like when people experience life lifts, whether it's through your website, through working with you, your team, on social media, what, what is it that you want them to feel when they're experiencing life lifts for the
1: first time? I want them to feel that their life is not over, <sighs> that they can continue doing the things they want to in their life. They can continue. I mean, this I get teared up every time I talk about this <laughs> gentleman, but he was very angry. He fell and broke his back. He was paralyzed from the waist down. He was so angry at the world. His poor wife was taking the brunt of it and she'd call me up in tears, you know, and stuff. And the, most of the states have vocational rehab, which will help people get back to work. You know, if they become injured or they have a disability, they can help them either get an education or be able to continue what they've already been doing. And it took took years back then to be able to get to the point where they would do something for you. So it was like two years, this guy had been out of rehab. He hadn't, couldn't drive a truck by himself. He couldn't even hardly get in a truck. And it was just getting to the point where he was just so angry and depressed. And so we told him, we went to visit him. And uh, the gentleman who found her, his name is Hubert. He uh, basically kind of tells it like it is. And this guy was laying on the couch in his sweatpants, had a sock hat on, dirty t-shirt. And Hubert went in there and the guy had a farm, but he wasn't farming it. He had rented it out. And Hubert goes in there and says, what do you want to do? You know, that's the first question. And then they're like, well, you know, I don't know. I want to go back to work or whatever. And so this guy is just really depressed, I guess I could call it. I'm not sure that's even the word, just angry. And yeah. he told him, he says, you know, get off the couch, put your clothes on, and let's figure out what you want to do in your life. And the guy in an interview I did with him a few years later, he said, yeah, he made me so mad that if I'd had good legs, I would have kicked him out of the house. You know, but you know sometimes you have to get over that angry. you got to be very honest with these people to know that, hey, you can still do this stuff. Well, yeah. I interviewed him a few years later. oh, and he came out to our house. We put hand controls in his truck, and so he could drive a truck. That was the first thing that he had of independence in his life was being able to drive his truck. And mm-hmm. so we did that. We put lifts on his tractors. We put a lift to get a wheelchair in and out of the back of his truck. And in the interview, He says, you know, he says, I was angry. He said, I just wanted to, you know, kick those people out of my house. I didn't want anything to do with them. But he says, so I got off the couch. I got dressed. And he said, I got to work. He said, it made me feel like a man again. And that was the one thing that really stuck me over all these years was, yes, you're making them feel like a man. You're making them feel like the woman that can still do something on just being able to do that kind of stuff. And here, I've been in this for 20 some years, and I'd still tear up every time I talk about some of our clients and such. So it's just a very emotional, heart touching type thing that we're just trying to keep everything going and letting people know that we do exist. Mm
0: -hmm. It's no, like totally teary-eyed as well. um, (laughs) Because like I had mentioned I can't remember now if it was off air or on air, but you know, my, my past life or past <laughs> prior to VIM, I did work in the senior health industry. And mm-hmm. so I know firsthand that when somebody's purpose, whether it's, I'm the mom who tri- who cares for the kids, or I'm the husband who goes to work, who is the breadwinner and, you know, makes the money or vice versa, however it is, that purpose is mm-hmm. so much that fulfillment in life, that when that is stripped away from an accident, um, from whatever occurs, you know, it is deteriorating. And so for you to tell me that when people go to life lifts, you want them to feel like life is not over, that that is like the true gift that individuals who are going through this probably feel that life is over.
1: Well, and you have to consider, of course, with the way economics are right now that a lot of the family farms are suffering right now Mm -hmm. and the suicide rate i hate to say in agriculture has been growing constantly which is a shame whether it's just the fact that you know they can't feel like they can do this stuff anymore or how are they going to hold on to this farm that's been in their family for a hundred and some years are they going to be the one that loses it all and so suicide rate has been tremendous in that and we had a gentleman. I mean, here we are just down the road from maybe five miles from a gentleman who was injured. He couldn't farm anymore and he committed suicide. And we we're just mm. five miles down the road. He didn't know anything about us. You know, I, you know, and we tried to advertise and put the word out there. We got Agribility, who is, you know, we back up, they back us up, uh, just getting the word out there that, you know, hey, we're here, we'll help you.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. My, my weird brain is going on, but I know I need to stay on track. Um, one thing you would uh, one thing that you had said was, um, that the suicide rate in agriculture has gone up. Now, is that only in disabled individuals or is it across the board in that industry? We're seeing an increase. It's
1: across the board. Uh, I
0: wonder, like my thought goes to the, the challenges that this industry has, about being the fastest, being the cheapest, being, but still being the cleanest, the most quality, the, the no like so many things that they're combating. Yes. That's so challenging.
1: Yes. And there's a lot of things you wouldn't even, you know, think about too, you know, just maintaining, you know, it used to be you could buy a combine or a tractor and you're spending, you know, maybe 50 to $75,000. Well now you're looking at a half a million to close to a million dollars for Equipment to be out farm mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know it's just overwhelming for a lot of them,
0: yeah, absolutely. okay. so we've talked a lot about the agricultural side of this, but you've mentioned earlier on all of the other great amazing benefits that these lifts and these tools that you guys offer can do. So are you is your primary audience towards those who are in farming or are you also supporting individuals who, have corporate jobs, um not in agriculture. Like tell me more about who is the best client for you.
1: I imagine we probably work more with agricultural people okay. than we do anything. Um, yeah. over the years, we've kind of had to just kind of concentrate on that need. Uh, and then of course, the needs in the rV industry that people you know they get rid of their motorhomes and travel trailers, and that's what they love to do um. Just try to keep people doing those kind of things. I don't worry too much about, you know, making sure somebody has a a wider bathroom door in the office or their desk is easy to get to. And, yeah, I don't, there's other people that take care of that stuff. But there is nobody else that takes care of the farmers or takes care, well, there's some RV companies out there. But, um, you know, we're trying to get to do the things that nobody else does or nobody else wants to do. I guess I should say we're nuts enough that we do this stuff that uh, (laughs) nobody else wants to do. (laughs)
0: and now are you national
1: yes we are actually we we have sent um lists to australia uh to england to switzerland and oh canada quite a bit uh, to canada yes
0: okay that is amazing so now if somebody is not local to you and and wants to work with you is there a team that comes out that helps with installation? Like, I, I don't need all the nuts and bolts about it, but like, general, just for listeners, if they're intrigued or they know somebody who this mm-hmm. could benefit, what like I'm thinking, I'm just curious, what would that process look like in like a streamlined kind of answer?
1: It, yeah, lots of time it's the uh, children of somebody who has been injured that gets mm-hmm. a hold of us. They search yeah. the internet, they find us. Uh, we contact um, either agrability, or we put them in contact with an agrability, or we give them an idea of where maybe their voc rehabs are in the state to get them the financial and the um, resources they need to get going. Uh, we'll talk to them and basically try to get an idea of what their needs are. And sometimes they don't even know what their needs are. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can get in a tractor, but how are you going to drive it if you don't have hand controls in it? You know, right. so it's kind of a process of talking to people to find out what they want to do what they need to be able to do that um then usually um well you know, if they get approved or if they want to pay for it themselves i find if they go through voc rehab they will send us a purchase order we will make the equipment take it to the farmer's farm and install it on their equipment there wow or if they're doing the truck lift we'll find a way to get their truck to our shop here in indiana because it's oh, much wow. easier to go here than it is out there in someone's barn and install the lift there and then get the truck shipped back to them take it back to them so you know it we do the installations and everything there's some things they could probably install themselves we have running board lift that makes the running board go down to the ground you know so oh, mom can still get into grandpa's pickup truck you know and uh, and they can stand on it light it up and then sit down into the seat or the rv lifts a lot of times we'll just ship those out and they they're fairly easy to install and people can do it themselves or find somebody locally to do it but most of the agricultural thing because of the liability for one thing uh, our insurance likes the fact that we actually go out and certify them and get them installed with certifiable installers and welders so you know we do we go out to their farms no matter basically where they are
0: okay i love that i love how like high touch that experience is and you said i'm totally like going along i knew this would happen i'm loving this conversation but you said something that blew my mind for a second just because an individual becomes disabled, it doesn't mean that they now know everything that a disabled person needs.
1: Right, And exactly. what a
0: huge blank space for mm-hmm. us who are able to, like you said that somebody disabled might not even know what they need. They might not know that, Hey, you can drive a car. Right. Cause you've never, you've never thought about not having the ability to. And so that's such a, so you said aggravability also is like a huge proponent or a huge resource for people resource. to start talking those things through.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. They are very good resource for them. But yeah, that's uh, just,
0: that was just such a like psh, mind blown for me.
1: Well, even if you, uh, be around somebody that's in a wheelchair and it takes you a while to figure out, oh, we can't go someplace because there's steps to get in there and they don't have a ramp mm-hmm. or, you know, or mm-hmm. we can't do this with the narrow bathroom doors or you know, in the narrow hallways and such, and you don't think about that stuff sometimes. But you know, you get used to that, and you have to think about hotel rooms that have either the roll-in showers; they have a shower that someone can get into, the bathroom they can get into. You know, some place to get around the room with their wheelchairs. You know, there's just so many things that you, on a normal basis, you would never think about when you're you can walk and you got legs. But you know, put yeah. yourself in a wheelchair and try to go do things, and a lot of the people, Do home modifications, they will actually go into a home, sit in a wheelchair, and try to get around that home. And that's when they know what that place needs.
0: Yeah. I just think it is beautiful what you do. I'm so grateful that we got connected and that I could share a little bit more about Life Lifts. I truly hope listeners are thinking about their sphere of individuals in their network and in their life who could benefit from having a call with you uh kind of to wrap up give us a real quick nutshell and a reminder of what it is and who life lifts is for and then what a good way to start with you would look like
1: i tell you life lifts is for people who want to continue doing something that they love to do or they want to do uh that's the people that we go after if they need to get a hold of us they can look us up on the internet we have a webpage lifelifts.com um And, or you can search on YouTube for videos that have of different pieces of equipment, people getting into things. Uh, We do have some videos on YouTube and some of the connections for those are on our website also, but uh, it's just being able to get a hold of us. We'll do free consultations. Uh, We'll connect them with people who will help them. And like I said, AgrAbility that's another free resource for people and we'll connect them with an AgrAbility or whoever it is they need we will try to make them get in contact with that person, but they just need to either get on our website and they can email us, contact us through the website, call us, you know, we're here to listen to them and figure out what they need.
0: Awesome. Well, I, once again, I'm thrilled that we're connected. Um, I'm stoked to share this with, with the communities that I know that could benefit in just knowing that this exists. And I hope, and I know that some listeners are going to, be excited that this exists and and check you out.
1: No problem. I'm sorry to make you tear up today.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. We do we do put these on on YouTube. We do cross post all of yeah. our episodes on YouTube. um and like I keep thinking, oh gosh, can people tell how red my eyes are? but it's it's really it's huge. Like touching people's lives, um, helping people realize that life is not over is You're a right? huge undertaking. And someone had to do it. And Kathy, you're here doing it.
1: You know, I always feel God put me in a place to do this stuff and to keep it going. And, you know, and he, he's the one that warms my heart up and makes me feel, oh, you know, here we are and we're here to help. So, you know, I, I, I do what he says for me to do. I love it.
0: All right. Well, thank you again for, for coming on and, um, listeners until next time. Steph here, thank you so much for listening to the Passion On Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, Please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you and we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information or details on the show please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.